GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of The Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by someone I would rob a bank with? Rob a, rob, a rob a museum museum with and sing a dude fuck it it's joe joe's here hi joe <laughs> uh that's hovercraft joe to hovercraft you, joe's Mr. here LPJ. my apologies jeez um well man this episode has to be good on that there's such a great intro uh <laughs> this episode man it's gonna be wow something. you you are you already sound defeated you sound like you sound like sphinx already um so we're here to talk about the uh, 1991 film, uh, Bruce Willis film, Hudson Hawk. Uh, this movie is released on May 24th, 1991. Uh, and what what's kind of your background with it, uh, LPJ? Well, I remember the trailers for it. I remember thinking to myself, this movie looks awesome. <laughs> like, I was really excited for it. And then uh, I caught it. I don't know if I had rented it. Or if I see, caught I feel it like, like this, on HBO or something. I feel like this is like a movie we watched either in yours or Justin's basement. Like, I, think, I remember. I know we did at some point. Yeah. Um, but we definitely saw it soon after it was released on video, whether it was on HBO or or, or what have you. Um, and I remember, you know, being twelve. I remember liking this movie a lot. I remember thinking it was hilarious and weird and great. Like I loved this movie when I was when I was twelve, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I'm going to leave that for right now. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, kind of the same thing. Like I said, I know this is a movie we watched in someone's basement. I remember seeing it more than once. Oh yeah, uh, I always remember it being a thing, and but I had watched it in decades. Uh, and, and I think I, I and this is a this is a me pick. LPJ will probably mention that a couple times because I kept seeing that it was on uh, Netflix. It's been on Netflix forever, and I was like, "Hey, we should remember Hudson Hawk. We should do that sometime. We should." And like, I kept bringing it up, and then finally, we was like, "Okay, fine, we'll do Hudson Hawk." Um, so we did it. <laughs> we sure did. That's, that's, what, that's what we're here to talk about. So buckle up. Um, uh, budget on this is a surprising $65 million, which seems kind of pricey for this movie, but, you know, especially in 1991, but... Well, it does and it doesn't, because they did film a lot of stuff on location. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. And, and a lot of stuff on location in Italy, so it was... I, I feel like it was expensive in that regard, but as yeah. far as... And, you know, and set design, I will say this, as far as, like, set pieces go... And the overall look of the movie, it is cohesive insofar as what they were going for. Um, And nothing looked set wise, nothing looked cheap. Like it it looked like they spent the money. I will agree with that. In in, in the right places. It does look, it doesn't look like a cheap movie. I'll give you that. Um, So uh, it costs 65 million. It has a domestic gross of only 17 million eek. 
but apparently ends up having a worldwide gross of 97 million so uh makes its money back at least um sort of <laughs> it's rotten tomatoes is 33 percent, and its audience score is surprising to me at 56 percent. so um how about that yeah um okay top grossing movies of 1991 settle in the top three movies two of which we have covered on this podcast number one T2 Judgment Day. Yep. And number two, Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. And number three is Beauty and the Beast. This movie, Hudson Hawk, comes in number 70th. Comes in 70th, not number 70th. Uh, 70th in the domestic box office. Other movies that we have covered from 1991 are number 13, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze. Number 18, Hot Shots. Number 21, The Last Boy Scout. Number 27, The Rocketeer. Number 29, Point Break. Number 45, Double Impact. Number 56, Lionheart. And number 142, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Wow. That's a <laughs> lot. So, man, so that so Bruce Willis had two movies come out that year. Yeah. He did Last Boy Scout and this. Yeah. And he might have even had a – I feel like he had another movie come oh, out. Oh, he might have. I mean, this is – I mean, you, when, when, is, when does Die Hard come out? 88? Yeah. And, like, Die Hard 2's in, like, 90? Like, this is, like, when he was – like, I feel like – and we'll get into it, obviously, more. But, like, a movie like this gets made because Bruce Willis is at the height of his powers. Well, this like, was his movie. Right. Like, this was absolutely his movie. Let's see. He had – oh, yeah. Holy cow. He had um, – Four movies come out in 91. Oh, wow. He had Mortal Thoughts, which I've never heard of, yeah, Hudson Hawk, Billy Bathgate, which I have heard of. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember Billy Bathgate. And The Last Boy Scout. Wow. Well, you know, big, big year for uh, for uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah. Um, okay. So, cast of this movie. Obviously, we mentioned Bruce Willis playing Hudson Hawk. Uh, Danny Aiello playing Tommy Five Tone. Uh, Andy McDowell plays Anna Brigali. Uh, James Coburn as George Kaplan. Uh, Richard E. Grant is Darwin Mayflower. Sandra Bernhardt is Minerva Mayflower. Uh, oh, and apparently, I, I guess I didn't even realize this while watching, David Caruso plays Kit Kat. Oh, you didn't realize that was him? I did not realize that yeah, was him. Yeah, super young David Caruso. Um, who do you want to mention besides Frank Stallone? Uh, James Coburn. Did you already say James Coburn? I said James Coburn. Sorry, yep. I missed that. Um, uh, oh, Butterfinger. Uh, Andrew Brzezinski. Br- Brzezinars- that guy is uh, Zangief in um, the uh, Street Fighter <laughs> in the Street Fighter movie. Yeah. Wow. How have we not done that movie yet? I mean, other than the fact that it's really bad. I've never seen it. Oh, so. it's not really bad. It's great. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, that's it. So, that's really okay. that's really hot. Okay, so let's do some net worth here, uh, and let's start with Richard E. Grant. He's got that sweet, sweet playing Loki in the Loki series in the classic comic book Loki costume. Yep, um, I know I've seen him in the. Oh, he's got that uh, sweet, sweet. He was in one of the Star Wars movies. Was he? Was he in Rogue One? What was he in? I just saw him in something. I feel like it was a Star Wars movie. <laughs> did you just see him in Loki? No, it wasn't Loki. I mean, I just did just see him in Loki. Damn it! Now I gotta look it up. I can't oh, not. Boy. I can't not figure it out now. <laughs> it's a stall. It's a real, real stall. Real stall. I blame here. you. Yeah, he was. In, he was in Rise of Skywalker. 
Oh, that's what I yeah. thought. Yeah, he was one of the he was one of the generals. <laughs> that's what you thought. Is that you just like you're like he was in a Star Wars movie. There's like ten of them. So like, yeah. Well, I I knew it was one of the newer ones. I just couldn't remember which one it was. All right. What do you think his net worth? Anyway. Is? All right. Sorry. His net worth. I'm gonna go thirty million. Four million dollars. Oh. Sorry, uh, Richard E. Grant. <laughs> Next up, Sandra Bernhardt. She's got that being very popular in the 80s or 90s, I guess. Uh, sweet, sweet being very popular at that point in time. Money. She got that sweet, sweet follow that bird money. <laughs> <laughs> she was in follow that bird? Yeah, she was in the uh, she was one of the waitresses in the in the diner. That they I, go only, to. I only remember that movie because it's probably come up on the, the pod before, but the VHS copy of the GI Joe movie that you yep. had given me or loaned uh-huh. me, uh, uh, it was taped on TV. And after GI Joe, the movie was follow that bird on the VHS tape. Uh-huh. hundred <laughs> percent. Um, do, do you still have it? Maybe question mark. Uh, I don't know. I don't have a VHS player. Yeah. I don't remember if I ever got it back from you or not. Not that it really matters. I have like four copies of the movie. I was curious. I just didn't know. Jeez. Oh, airing of grievances. I'll look. Um, <laughs> I just didn't know. Okay. So what do you think? Oh, we sorry. Sandra, Where were we? Sandra Bernhardt. What do you think her net worth is? Uh, 10 million. $10 million right on the button. Way to go. There it is. All right. Next up, Andy McDowell. What do you think for Andy McDowell? Oh man. She's got that sweet, sweet, Oh, shit, no, it's not, it's not her in the abyss. Uh, she's got that sweet, sweet. Yeah, it's Mary's. Oh, Mary, she got Mary, that sweet, sweet Groundhog Day money. Oh, there you go. There it yeah. is. Mary uh, Elizabeth Master and Tony. It is, yeah. The abyss. Uh, I'm going to go $7 million. $20 million. Okay. And then finally, Bruce Willis. We talked about him before. Um, oh, I forgot Danielle died. He did die, yes. Recently, too, right? I don't know. Little little behind the scenes peek. We were supposed to record this episode at a different point in time, so maybe I don't remember uh, some of yeah, the facts about. Yeah, he died that. in twenty nineteen. I thought so. Oh, all right. Well, what do you? Okay, but Bruce Willis, you you are determined to steer net worse off course this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying here, uh, Bruce Willis. I'm going to go two hundred fifty million. There you go. Two hundred fifty million on the button. I mean, we've covered them a bunch of times, so I shouldn't. I didn't. I didn't remember. At least, (laughs) let's be fair. I didn't remember. Yeah, that's true. All right, fair enough. Um, Okay, so this movie is directed by Michael Lehman. Sure. Got anything on him? He directed Heather's. That's kind of why he's famous. Is he? He directed Heather's. Oh, he's not not famous for directing Hudson Hawk. Surprisingly, no. Okay. Uh, now, the story is by Bruce Willis and Robert Kraft, but not the Robert Kraft that owns the Patriots, right? Uh, no, actually, it is. No, it's not. Yeah, no, it totally is. <laughs> okay, no, it's, it's not. not. It's totally not. Okay. So the story is by Bruce Willis and Robert Kraft, and then the screenplay is by Daniel Waters and our old friend Stephen E. D'Souza. This guy yeah. is all over the place. I got a feeling Stephen E. D'Souza did not actually write a lot of this. He might have gotten the credit for it, but I got a feeling Bruce Willis wrote most of this movie <laughs> on the fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could be fair, too. And then the music is by uh, Robert Kraft and our old friend, Michael Kamen. Yeah. This Robert Kraft, though, is the one that owns the, uh, <laughs> the Patriots. It's the same one, isn't it? I thought it was like some musician friend of Bruce Willis's. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no. um, but we are going to play 
a song or some music. Um, not from Michael Kamen or Robert Kraft. Uh, we're gonna play. Well, we should probably uh, explain the premise of this, just to kind of give you some background. Is Danny Aiello and uh, Bruce Willis are thieves, and instead of using a watch like normal people do to time out, like to synchronize <laughs> themselves as far as their actions go in 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 the process of stealing things and in, the, in their, the process of thievery, um, they sing songs. <laughs> Uh, based on the amount of time they have to commit these crimes. And so uh, one of the songs they sing is Bing Crosby's version of Swinging on a Star. So we're going to play some of that right now. Would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar And be better off than you are Or would you rather be a mule? A mule is an animal with long, funny ears. Kicks up at anything he hears. His back is brawny, but his brain is weak. He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. And by the way, if you hate to go to school, you may grow up to be a mule. Or would you like to swing on a star? Carry moonbeams home in a jar. I think we got the point. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's Swinging on a Star by Bing Crosby. There's a couple of other songs in there, too. Side by Side by Paul Anka was another big one. Um, and uh, and that's, yeah, we'll get more into that in a second. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, no, I was just going to say, do you have anything else that you want to mention before we start talking through the plot? Yeah, Um we should probably discuss the fact that this is very much a Bruce Willis vanity movie. Like there is no two ways about it. Bruce Willis loves to sing. He loves slapstick, silly comedy. He likes action and he likes being the star of things. Um, and I'm not saying that to put the man down. Um, he just got diagnosed with a terrible disease. He had to retire from acting. Um, and I love Bruce Willis, but this movie is, it's him. It's literally, this is like, if he had played like blues harmonica in this, that's the only thing that could have made this more Bruce Willis. Um, so that's really what you're going to get out of this. You're going to get a lot of singing. You're going to get a lot of slapsticky, cartoony humor. Some some sound effects too. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it other than that. This movie is, it's a lot of Bruce Willis. It's a lot of Bruce Willis. This movie is an odd, it's an odd thing. It really is. This movie is very strange. Like, it's such an odd collection of things. It it is, like I said, I remembered that it was a movie. I remembered that Leonardo da Vinci was an important part of it. And I remembered the song. And that's maybe about it. Yeah, there was a lot of this that I totally forgot. Like, I completely forgot about the candy bar group. I didn't remember that at all. Like, I, I kind of remember Sandra Bernhardt being it. I definitely remember the end. Yeah. Uh, and I remember him singing the song. But, like... I didn't. I, I, I did not remember it, Frank Stallone. Yeah, it definitely... Watching it as a child definitely did not... It, it, it didn't, like... It didn't click in my mind that, like, this movie's fucking weird. Like, when we watched right. it... Like, 
like uh it took my adult brain to watch this and be like what the is going on with this movie yeah it's very strange it's a um, very strange movie yes but okay let's let's talk about the plot sure hopefully we won't have to do a deep dive into it we'll try and buzz through it but we'll talk about well, the thing no, we got we got 45 minutes to kill so we may have to <laughs> dang it uh okay so this movie starts off in 1481 <laughs> Okay. Sure. Actually, it starts off with someone like reading a story from a book, right? Like it does, uh, which is very weird. Which is very weird. Yeah. So which it's fourteen. Actually, the person who's reading the book, I believe, is the voiceover person is somebody relatively famous. The guy that did the voice of Optimus Prime. No, no, no. You're not going to say. You're not going to say. You're not going to say the Optimus Prime guy's name. His voice. Oh. Uh, uh, oh shit. Oh no. Oh, damn it. You caught me at a time where I'm blanking on it. Wow. You're this killing is, me. This is un. Let's just wow. go. Let's just go. I, was I can't. not expecting this. I can't, um, I can't do it. So you're looking it up right now, though. No, uh, I'm leaving it. I, I don't deserve to look it up. Um, okay. So anyways, so the, movie, the movie starts off in 1481. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. He's trying to work on a machine that can turn lead into bronze. Uh, the machine is powered by some like big crystal type thing. Uh, he fires up the machine, and then it turns out that it actually turned the lead into gold, um, and that's a bad thing. So he like disables the crystal, uh, and then we jump ahead five hundred years later. Yeah, and it's a bad thing insofar as if it gets in the wrong hands, it could like really mess things up. Right. Yeah, because you know you could literally make, make gold. gold. Yeah. Uh, okay. Jump ahead five hundred years later. We're introduced to Hudson Hawk. Famous cat burglar. He's getting out of prison. Um, and, and he has a weird relationship with like his parole officer who's immediately trying to get him to rob a museum. <laughs> yeah, his parole officer is essentially working for the mob. And the mob wants him to commit these crimes. And so the easiest way to get to him is to go through the parole officer. So uh, he gets out of prison. Danny Aiello picks him up. Um, what? Um, how would you describe like? Because like that's the thing about like Hudson Hawk. He's a very distinctive look. How would you describe his look? He is like dress pants and a black t-shirt and a like black trench coat and like a hat, like a like a like a like a bowler not, hat, like, a, like, like, a, like bowler not hat. a bowler, not a fedora. It's a uh, I don't remember the style of hat it is. Um, he Man, you, is, you can't remember anything tonight. He's like, um, almost like, like 1920s gangster slash musician. I mean, it's hard to describe. He's like a jazz, he's dressed like a jazz musician, like a 1920s yes. jazz musician. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so Danny Aiello picks him up. They drive back into the city. Apparently they own a bar together and it was kind of like a, uh, I get, I get the impression that it was like a kind of like a divey type place. But then like while he was in prison, it became like really popular because they show up and it's like super crowded and it's like hopping and stuff. Like yeah. That. Somebody came in and offered to like, not buy the place, but put money in. And so yeah. they turned it into like an upscale, um, trendy bar. Okay, there's like a running theme in this movie that like uh, he just wants a uh, cappuccino, right? Yep, just wants like, a good cappuccino. And they have like a a, a really fancy uh, cappuccino machine in the place. Yep. 
um, and it's just like sitting on the counter, I guess. Yeah. And he like gets um, he gets one, and he's about to have like a drink, and someone shoots the cup out of his hand. Yes. Which I don't know. Seems like kind of dangerous in a like crowded bar. <laughs> yeah, it, like. <sighs> Especially in that bar, it's if like if it was the, still the CD bar, it'd be fine. But it's not. It is like upscale yuppie bar. Like it, it's you fire a gun in there, people are going to scatter. <laughs> but no one does. No one. Moves. No one moves. Um. So he finds out it's the mob. That, and this is where Frank Stallone comes in, right? Right. Frank Stallone is like the the mob boss, and they uh, want him to pull this job as well like because like you said that's who the parole officer is working with right um and at some point during this conversation somebody says slurp my butt i can't remember who um but i have that in my notes so i just wanted to mention that because i thought it was weird um yeah among many weird things in this movie that is definitely one of the weird things um there's also there's also a veiled uh uh a veiled stab at uh sylvester stallone oh is there yeah about uh, his brother being about Stallone's or about uh, Frank Stallone's brother being dumb and uh, not being able to read or something like that. Oh, I didn't went, went yep. over over my head. Uh, so anyway, so uh, Hudson Hawk agrees to do the job, um, and that's when this comes into play where they're trying to figure out the song. Um, and like, he seems to have an, uh, encyclopedia of like in his brain of like the length of every song. Cause they're trying to figure out yes. the right song and they're like going through him and he'll be like four minutes and five seconds, three minutes and whatever. So, um, and, and that's when, uh, they decide on the, uh, swinging on a star Correct. Uh, that we played already. Uh, they have to sneak into this auction house. They, for some reason use like a pool rope, I guess to get across the building. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of weird. Uh, and then, like, so they're pulling the job, and he's just, like, on a skateboard, like, rolling past the guards. But he's also singing this whole time. So I'm like, when did the guards notice the singing? Well, th- yes, I agree. They definitely would. But also, they took the time to bring the skateboards. Why didn't they take the time to bring their own rope? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you- you'd think he brought a big bag of supplies. He's got that thing to cut the glass so they can get in, right? Uh-huh. He's got the skateboards. He's got other, you know, he's got the 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 what are they called? A stethoscope, so he can yeah. pick the lock for the for the safe. He doesn't bring rope. He doesn't bring the materials they need to get to and from the entry seem, and exit ways. It does seem like rope would be like standard tool for a cat burglar to sure, have, like in totally. his arsenal on him at all times, and really not difficult to carry. <laughs> not really, no, just like no, yeah. Um, so anyways, so like uh, Danny, Danny Aiello puts the cameras on a loop. He steals the statue out of a safe. It's like a horse statue that Leonardo da Vinci made, I guess. Um, yes. Then they, they end up getting like discovered by the guards and they're chased back up to the roof and they like jump off the roof, but they're apparently fine because they land on an awning. Oh, they don't even see him land. They like cut to the next scene. But, like, let's be honest, so if you jumped off a building and landed on an awning, it's not going to stop you from dying, right? No, I mean, depending it might, on how tall it the might, building it depends is. on how tall the building is and how strong the awning is. You know, it might slow your landing, but I guess it depends on how much it slows your landing. Okay. You're still going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. So, cut back to, like, the mob guy's place. 
the the parole officer's there, and then they introduce this guy. Like, I don't know what his name is. Hudson Hawk keeps calling him Jeeves. He's like a uh, English butler. Yeah. Um, and, and they break the statue over the parole officer's head, and there's a piece of the crystal in it from the beginning of the movie, right? Yes. Yeah. That- so yeah. So it's, so there, Da Vinci had hidden a piece of that crystal inside the the horse, essentially. Right. So and then the British guy who has like a retractable blade, like knife blade, in his like shirt and uh, his like uh, sleeve, like slashes the uh, uh, the uh, parole officer's throat. I think that was one of the things that made me really think this movie was cool. Was that guy <laughs> with the 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 blade? Yeah, with the two blades. Out. Yeah, that, that shot out. Um. So, anyways, so then they see in the paper like the next day that like uh, the that the horse that they did steal like the paper says that it wasn't stolen and that it's going still going up on auction. So right. he thinks it's kind of weird. Uh. So they go to the auction. Uh, he and that's goes. Daniel is like, just leave it. Don't right, worry right. about it. Look, we're scot free. We did what we did our job. We're getting, we're getting paid. Just leave it. And he can't he can't leave it alone. He's got to figure out what the issue is. Right. So he goes to the auction. Peter Cullen. <laughs> Peter Cullen. The answer to the question of the voice of Optimus. Yes, Prime. it's Peter Cullen. And Frank okay. Welker is the voice of Megatron. Sorry. Moving on. Okay. So anyway, so he goes to the auction, <laughs> and that's where we're introduced. <laughs> that's sorry, where we're introduced. No, it's fine. I was hoping it would come to you. Um, that's when they're introduced to the candy bar crew because they're all sitting there eating the candy bars that we will learn are their nicknames, yes. which are Kit Kat, Butterfinger, All Enjoy, Joy, Snickers. Snickers. There's that's four it. of them. Yeah, four, four of them. Yeah. Okay. And so, like, then, like, uh, Richard E. Grant and uh, Sandra Bernhardt come in as the Mayflowers and they bid like a hundred million dollars and then like uh, a bomb goes off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm very confused about this chain of events that happens. Yeah. Cause so, like, well, cause Richard E. Grant busts in and bids a hundred million, million. And then Sandra Bernhardt comes in and bids a hundred million and one. Right. Like and outbids then, him. Then the guy goes sold and hits down with the gavel. And then like an explosion, then an happens. explosion happens. Yep. But like, why were the Mayflowers even there? Because we'll learn that like the butler works for them, so they already have the piece of the statue. So why are they there bidding on it? I don't know. I think maybe to throw people off the track? I don't know. There's so much of this movie that makes no sense that's, whatsoever. That's fair. That's fair. So uh, after the bomb goes off, like a big like, like a pillar falls down, and like Bruce Willis saves... Uh, uh, Andy McDowell from getting hit by it because Andy McDowell's also there, but then he gets a hit in the face by a piece of statue that falls. Yeah. Oh, uh, it, we we find out that Andy McDowell is one that authenticates. She's sent from the Vatican to authenticate this particular piece. Right. 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 So uh, he wakes up and he's on a stretcher in an ambulance, and the uh, the Mario is that are they the Mario Brothers? Is yeah, that what they they're call the Mario this? Brothers. So the Mario brothers are in there and like, I think he jams a bunch of like <laughs> needles in needles, the one guy's yeah. face, uh, which you which, probably had to hate. First of all, no ambulance in the world is going to have a tray full of uncapped needles <laughs> just sitting on the counter. Well, yeah, that's true. So he like falls out the back and then he's like, 
He's like rolling down the highway on this, like yelling, and he gets to the. And toll he booth. regains his speed. He keeps his speed for <laughs> easily five minutes. Um, and like he gets to the toll booth, and he has exact change, and he like throws it in, so the thing goes up, and then like. Um, the ambulance like flies off the road and then like immediately blows up for yeah. some reason, just like kind of like flips off the road and flips out its side and just blows up. Because there's, um, there's two things that are always in ambulances, uncapped needles and explosives. <laughs> so that's when we're introduced to James Coburn. Okay. And James Coburn works for the CIA question mark. Supposedly. Um, yeah. And all the candy bar that that's his crew, the candy bar people. And they right. all have the candy bar nicknames. Yes. Um, this is the first point where I have a note that just says this movie is really weird. It's so weird. Like, cause, cause like the one guy, I think like the, the Butterfinger guy, he's like the big dude. You said he's he was a big dumb guy. Yeah. Yeah. You said he was in something else. I can't Street remember. Fighters that's right and then um the kit kat the one that's david caruso he's the one who's always like dressing up like other people <laughs> dressing up like other things like he's he's like perpetually in disguise it's it's very weird it's very weird so like they knock or somehow knock him unconscious they put him in a box and like mail him to rome so yeah, he they inject up. him with uh they inject him with something okay so he wakes up in Rome uh, and he meets the Mayflowers and they basically blackmail him into stealing Da Vinci's sketchbook from the Vatican. Because that's where like the second piece of the crystal is, is in the sketchbook. Right. right? And and and, and uh, James Coburn is working for the Mayflowers. The Mayflowers. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, he, so he goes to the Vatican to kind of scope it out. He, that's when he finds out that Andy McDowell works there. Right. Um, next note, there's a lot of weird choices in this movie. <laughs> just like the acting choices. Yeah. Just everything about it is weird. Um, okay. So he's kind of scoping out where the sketchbook is. He sees Andy McDowell there. They find out there's a secret subway system under the Vatican that they used to bring in the mail question mark. Yep, that's it. That's what it's how it works. So while he's down there, he makes a dinner date with Andy McDowell, and then there's <laughs> there's like a radio in like the like a Jesus statue. Yeah, there's or whatever. talking like, statues. It's like a it's like a Jesus like crucifixion thing on the wall, yeah. but it like lights up and it like it's like oh Andy McDowell, we need you up here now. I can't remember her character name, but um oh what is her character? I can't remember either. Uh, Anna. Anna, okay. Anna, Anna Baragili, Anna Baragli, Baragli, Anna. Her name's Anna. <laughs> so now help, help me if I help me if I got this part right. So then he tries to call Danny Aiello like on the phone and leaves a message. But in the back, we can see that Danny Aiello is arriving. Yes. or is there in Rome, right? Yeah, and like the, picked- the the Mayflowers have already hired Danny. And they, but like we, that's in the background. Like, so Hawk doesn't see it. Right. Uh, he, he beats up Butterfinger. Uh, and I think that's where Kit Kat is there. And he like shows up a note that says, like, beware the blue wire. Yes. <laughs> and I, my note just says, who is that guy? What's going on? <laughs> it's so, yeah, because he doesn't talk. He just writes things on post it notes and like holds them in Car. front of people's faces. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Hawk- a lot of weird choices. You're right. This movie is so... It's so bizarre. It's so weird. It is... Nothing about this movie makes sense. No. Um, 
<laughs> so um, Hudson Hawks, he sneaks into the Vatican on that secret mail train that they introduced. Um, uh, he steals the book. And I do have a note that says, like, for all this, like, kind of, like, dumb and all the weird stuff. So we, like, I, I like that they make him good at his job. Like, yeah. good at being a cat burger. Like, I agree the way, with that. The things that he does to steal this book is, like, it's really kind of interesting. Like, the way that they have him actually steal stuff. Yeah. Like, he's... He's a legitimately good cat burglar. Yes. Uh, so he's trying to get out of there. There's a weird shot where they show the Pope, and the Pope is watching, like, Italian Mr. Ed or something. Yes. And I'm like, that's that's kind of weird. Uh, and then he's getting chased, and, like, it's a big thing, and then he ends up, like, it, it's this random sequence where he just, like, ends up, like, jumping off the back of a truck, and he's at his date with uh, uh, Andy McDowell. And yeah, it's-, it, it's a lot of creative cutting and... Um- creative storytelling like we don't need to see how he actually gets away we just need to know that he does and also like uh we haven't mentioned it before but this is where it's mentioned in my notes that uh he has like i don't know like four or five earrings in one ear yeah like hudson hog it's kind of a it's weird um so uh him and annie mcdowell have dinner they go back to her place things are getting romantic let's say uh but then like andy mcdowell finds the codex um all the uh candy bar people are there um and i get kind of confused because they kind of make it seem like maybe andy mcdowell is working for james coburn or maybe she is but she doesn't know that he's working for the mayflowers Uh, yeah that's what it is like she is i don't like i don't exactly know what the relationship is but i think it's like it's supposed to be some kind of sting operation where the CIA and the Vatican are working together to try and stop the Mayflowers, but there's okay. a double cross involved at some point, And there's all kinds of like, people are getting double crossed left and right. So I could never keep track of who's on, on whose side. And I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. And, and I don't know. I think it might be Butterfinger that says it at one point in the scene. Cause I have it in my notes. Somebody says, want me to rape them? Yes. <laughs> it I was said, Butterfinger. And I said, what the fuck? Yeah, that was uh that Weird. was dark. <laughs> Weird. Uh and, and that, again, my next note. Why is Kit Kat always dressed like other people? This movie is so weird. Yeah, is this the scene where he's dressed like Andy McDonald? Yes. Yes. <laughs> like it, it's so strange. It's ah oh, man. This is perhaps one of the weirdest movies we've ever covered on the podcast. Easily. Oh, this is easily one of the weirdest movies we've ever done. <laughs> this might be the weirdest movie we've ever done. It could be. So, the, the, like I said, they find the second part of the crystal. They get it out of the book. Um, uh, that's when he kind of, that's when, like, the Mayflowers kind of explain their plan to him about how they want to remake this, this machine, the gold machine that can, right. like, turn the uh, lead into gold. And uh, they need to get the last piece which is in his Da Vinci's model of a helicopter, which is in the Louvre. Louvre? Louvre? Louvre. Louvre? Okay. Yep. But even their play doesn't make sense because their goal is to flood the market with gold, make it worthless, and then destroy it somehow? I yeah, I, like, I, never, I never quite understood their plan. Uh, did we mention that they have that dog that's around all the time? I think the dog's name is Bunny. Yeah. And they, they always say, like, ball ball. Yeah. I think, it bites, I think it bites Bruce Willis's dick at one point. It totally does. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely does. Okay. I'm surprised I didn't write that in my notes. Maybe it's still to come. Um, okay. So he's this is where we find out that 
Danny Aiello has been working for the Mayflowers the whole time? Maybe? Not the, the whole, whole time. time. I think, like, I think after the, I don't know. He's been, <laughs> I think they bring him in to convince, to convince Hawk to work with them. Okay. I was, excuse me, I was, <laughs> sorry, that yawn has nothing to do with how I feel about this movie. Um, <laughs> Um, I was just very confused because he shows up and he's like, oh, he's like, I can't believe you're working with the bad guys. And they have a fight and DNA gets shot and it's like, oh, he's dead. But like, he's not really dead because it was all a setup. So they think that he was dead. And then it's like, wait, is DNA Aiello actually working with Andy McDowell at this point? Like, it's very confused about the, the chain of events that happened there. Yeah, I don't. No, for two reasons. One, it's super confusing. And two, I watched it three weeks ago. So I'm having trouble <laughs> recalling, even with my notes and Wikipedia up with the plot summary, I'm having trouble discerning who is working for who at what point in time. Well, that's fair. So basically, I think that at this point, they're like, well, they think Danielle is dead and they think that Bruce Willis got away. Yes. So they're like, well, they're not going to be able to steal it from the Louvre without him. So they think that they're they think that things are good. Right. Yes. Yep. Um, but then uh, so they're like hanging out. Uh, but then James Coburn and his uh, candy bar crew catch up to him. And we find out that they stole the model of the uh, uh, the the helicopter from the loop, which in a scene we don't see at all. But apparently they just went in and shot the place up. I don't know. It's never they, there's no scene about them doing it, and it's only nope. alluded that it was very uh, messy. Yeah. Yes. So uh, we also find out in this uh, scene that um, <laughs> Andy McDowell is a uh, nun. Yeah. <laughs> which we didn't know. We, we knew that she worked for the Vatican, but we found out she's a nun. Uh, and the bad guys take her, I can't remember why, I think because they need her to translate some of the stuff for Da Vinci's stuff or authenticate it or I don't know. But like they inject <laughs> Andy McDowell and uh, Bruce Willis with like a like some kind of toxin that like paralyzes them. Yes. So they can't like um, so they, they can can't still move. they can still like see they're still aware of what's going on, but they can't really move. Uh, and so, like, I think it's Snickers and, and Almond Joy are there, and they have these, like... Suction cup grenade launcher? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And through a series of events, I can't remember exactly, I think they maybe trip Snickers. He gets one of them stuck on his head. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, maybe it's a, maybe it was a dud. And then it, like, blows up. Uh, but they escape from the bombs. They I think they jump they out the window, they, yeah. They jump out the window, which they jump out <laughs> a lot of windows. Um, so cut to their, they're at like Da Vinci's like hideout, not hideout. <laughs> That's stupid. Da Vinci didn't have a hideout. Uh, Da Vinci's like, castle. uh, castle, this is castle, uh, where the gold machine is. And they're like, they have Andy McDowell there. That's where Kit Kat's dressed like a uh, statue. <laughs> yeah. So weird. So weird guys. Like and, <laughs> so strange. And, and the Mayflowers, uh, kill them, kill Kit Kat. So Danny Aiello and Bruce Willis show up. Save Andy McDowell, and, and uh, they have one of those suction cup grenade launcher guns. Yes, or do they have two of them? It was unclear. They to have me if one. They, they have, have they have the one, but okay. apparently they have unlimited ammunition. I for was it. just gonna say, I my I have a note that says, how many bombs do they have for this thing? They have they as many just, as they need to make the story they are, work. They are just firing bombs out of this thing. 
nonstop and blowing stuff up in this castle. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so then, like, um, the uh, uh, Sandra Bernhardt kills uh, Butterfinger because they're like trying to double cross James Coburn at this point. Right. Uh, James Coburn and Hudson Hawk have a James Coburn and Bruce Willis have a fight. This is like really dumb, stupid. Yeah, like. Fight. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the fight in um, uh, Action Jackson with um, oh, with Craig T. Nelson. With Craig T. Nelson, like it was so unbelievable, <laughs> like and watching James Coburn throw kicks. And I don't even remember what happens to James Coburn. Does he like? I really don't remember what happens to him. Like, and that's not a we watched this movie a while ago. That's like I legitimately don't even have my notes. Um, what happens to him? Doesn't he end up in the in the car in the limo with? Well, with because Tommy? Richard Richard E. Grant tries to run over Danny Aiello with a limo, and then maybe he does. Maybe he falls off the side and ends up the limo because they're all in the limo, and the limo goes off like the side of the building or side over of the like cliff, the, yeah, over the cliff. Sorry, and blows up, and seemingly they all die. Right. I say I say seemingly. Um, so then, like a big thing is, is they have like a. Uh, Hudson Hawk and Andy McDowell, and it's like, well, we got to figure out how to get this crystal together. Like, we can't figure it out. It's too hard. It didn't seem like that crystal was not that hard to put together. Yeah, it's not. Three. It wasn't a Rubik's cube. <laughs> it's like it was literally three, three pieces. Yeah, it's like three very large pieces, and they can't seem to put it together. So Hudson Hawk's like, oh, I'll put it together for you. Um, and they fire up the machine, and they think they're going to make some lead into gold, but it turns out that. Uh, hawk like somehow detached part of the crystal when he put it together so the crystal wasn't right and the machine starts going haywire and like it like spits out like molten hot lead i think and like Sandra no it's Bernhard gold or, it's it's hot gold but it's oh, like it's hot gold yeah i didn't turn it into gold then what was the whole point of him leaving out part of the crystal i think just to mess up the machine because because Sandra bernhardt ends up covered in gold Oh, is that what it is? Okay, because both both Mayflowers get killed. I can't remember what happens to Richard E. Grant. I think he gets like um, caught in the machine or something yeah, else. Yeah, he gets caught in the machine. That's it, right? Uh, so um, he has a fight uh with the butler guy and the swords. A prolonged fight with him, right? Um, and then he <laughs> he kills that dog, which I thought was a little <laughs> that was a little much. Um, and then perhaps the part that I remember most from uh, as a child is that they escape from the castle on like Da Vinci's plane. Yes. Uh, and they like they fly through the crowd, they fly through the sky, and they land in like a Italian village, and they're like having a cappuccino. <laughs> Danny Aiello shows up on a bicycle. On a bicycle. On a bicycle. And he's like, hey, I'm alive. I survived that horrible limo crash somehow. Um, and, and I don't even know if they really, I mean, obviously they don't do a good job explaining why he's alive, oh, but he's still alive. Because because of airbags and a sprinkler system in the in the limo. Then why wasn't Richard E. Grant still alive? I don't know. Um, and the last note that I have of this movie says, oh, actually it says this. It says, wait, Dina L lived? So fucking dumb. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> this ah, this is so weird like and i feel like i know that like talking through it like it was hard to remember but i feel like even if we had watched it today i would have felt the same way about trying to remember like the specifics of this movie i agree because some of the stuff that stands out is just how odd it is at you one know? point like andy mcdonald 
McDowell. McDowell, Andy McDowell, is in that chair being interrogated, and she starts talking like a dolphin. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's so bizarre. Like, everything about this movie is weird. Like, I, and again, like, I hadn't, when I said that we should do this movie, I I remember that it's like, oh, it wasn't a great movie, but I, I legit did not remember just how bonkers it is. Like, I was just like, oh, it's kind of like an action comedy, you know, and he's a thief and he sings a song and blah, blah, blah. I, for the life of me, did not remember that it was so weird. Yeah, and, and, and I don't know how to describe it any better than that, other than to say it's just a weird, like, completely bizarre movie. Like, I don't... It, it's so beyond explanation. I don't even really know if it's good or bad. Like... <sighs> oh, yeah, and I double-checked. James Coburn flies off the roof and lands in the limo. Yes, on the hood of the I saw limo that, yep. Right before it goes off, so... Um, well, like, and some of the stuff I read about it said that, like, and I, I guess I could see this is that because of like Bruce Willis's reputation that this movie was like marketed as an action movie, but it's, it's not really, I mean, it no. is, it's, it's an it action, action it's a comedy. It. It's a, it's a action comedy. I would say yeah. if it may be aptly described because there is a action sequences and I wouldn't say it's just a straight up comedy because, right, right. but no, like, because there is, there is very good action in it. Like some of the action is actually not too bad. Um, but it is definitely more comedy than action. And they do say, and this is the one thing where, like, I, I do kind of see that they said that they wanted this to be like a, uh, like a Bing Crosby, like Bob Hope, like road movie, like kind of vibe, like one of their movies from the fifties. And I guess to that end, I kind of see that, like, what they were going for. I mean, yeah, maybe not not saying that it works, but I can kind of see that maybe what they were trying to achieve, as far as like the singing and like the slapsticky and like the yeah. buddy, the duo and stuff like that. Again, not saying it makes sense or it works, but I just like, I, I just, I, I can't imagine being, I mean, I know we saw this when we were kids, but like, could you imagine going to the theater being like, I'm going to see that new Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> and then seeing this, I really wish that I had gone back and I, and I probably will after this recording and watch like what, the trailer for this movie was like, cause I'm curious to see like what the trailer makes it seem like it is. That's a great question. I don't know. I, the trailer is available obviously, but I don't, I like, I don't ever remember seeing the trailer. Like, uh, oh, that's not true. I do remember seeing the trailer. Well, tra- you have to remember back then though, trailers aren't like they are today. It was like, you saw them in the theater or you didn't see them. Like, right. it's not like, there's an internet or, or whatever. Like I, well, I remember this it. being advertised pretty heavily on TV, too. Okay, yeah, TV. I guess I didn't think about TV. Like, just a quick... It wasn't the trailer. It was just like a quick, you know, 30-second commercial with parts of the trailer in it. Oh, here's a, uh, here's a question for you. Do you know what the body count in this movie is? Oh, I do not. It's 22. Oh, okay, <laughs> good, good to know. Which um, is? Oh, go ahead. Did you ever play the video game? No, there's a video game. Oh, yeah, there's an, there's an NES video game for this. And there's one for Game Boy, too. <laughs> what do you do in the game? Do you know? I, I, I think, um, let's see. Uh, Crystal. Uh, Hawk must face many oddball adversaries. Uh, auction house. It's a platformer. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a side-scrolling platformer. 
and he has to steal things and um, fight the bad guys. Apparently, it's it's kind of like the movie. Dang, you know what? Let's bring them back. Let's get the Legend of Retro back for one last episode. <laughs> one last episode the, on Hudson Hawk. We challenge you, the, the Last Action Podcast, we know your frequent listeners, Chops. Glitch. Glitch. Xander. Craig WK. All of you, we challenge you, come back, one episode, cover the Hudson Hawk game. Well, what, 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 a one-off, we'll even release it on, I'll even edit it, and I'll release it on the Last Action Podcast page. You guys don't even right. have to do any work. Right, we don't. I, I don't want to be on the episode. I want to clarify that. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to really want to be on it either. We don't. We don't we want, want to be on, on the episode, but we would like you to cover it. Yes. So. so just come back, and 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 you can use all my stuff. <laughs> all your all stuff. my stuff. The the free software you use online to record. Oh, okay. quiet. The free software that Xander taught me. That Xander told me about. Shh. Quiet. You guys can use all my stuff. Well, anyways, we challenge you. Cover, co- come back and cover the Hudson Hawk. Yeah, game. don't be. Don't we're be, not gonna call them. We're not gonna call them cowards, are we? Don't be dicks. <laughs> don't bone jack us and not bone cover ja- it. Don't bone jack us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess I didn't know. I mean, it makes sense. I feel like back then, like especially like that ninety-one, you know, ninety-two, like that ninety, you know, like that era. Everything had a video, video game. Everything had a video sure. game. Rocketeer had a video um, game. Yeah, I've seen that, and it's like one of them, one of them is literally you just keep flying in the airplane races. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> but I'm, de- I'm, you know what? Like now, I got to try and find a Hudson Hawk trailer, and I got to look up some gameplay footage of this game. So, oh, I'm sure you can find it. I've got some homework, although I really just want to flush this movie from my brain. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's so weird. Like I, I, I don't even know, and I don't even think it's a case where it's like, oh, this movie was like ahead of its time and maybe if it was released now it'd be like like i don't know like is this i kind of was thinking of it as like an underappreciated movie until i watched it again yeah then you realize it's appreciated exactly where it needs to be so yeah. all right well I, let's just get to right in this thing okay yeah yeah yeah. we kind of dance around it let's do it All right. What uh, do, you, do you want to go first? Or you want to go second? Nope. Machine guns are still going off. There we go. Fixed it. <laughs> Fixed it. The machine guns are still going off. Um, I'll go. I'll go, I'll go first. All right. Do it because uh, it's, it's my fault that we're watching this. So I'll I'll, I'll go first. Um, yeah. Th- this movie is not. It's not good. <laughs> like I'll just say that it's not good. Um, it's more weird than bad. I think. Like I don't. I don't think necessarily, like you said, it doesn't look cheap. I, I don't think the story itself, the story is weird, but I don't necessarily think the plot is bad. I don't think Bruce Willis is bad in it. Like, I like Bruce Willis in it. I like Danny Aiello in it. Like, I kind of like the performances. Like, but they're all over the top, and I guess that's what they're supposed to be. But it's it's very, I don't know. It's just very weird. Like, I, I can't quite place it and i don't think whatever they were going for works and it wasn't a fun watch <laughs> um it's not, it wasn't super long though so that's always a good thing when a movie's not long uh but overall yeah i would say that this one is one that you don't have if you haven't seen it and you don't have some kind of fond memories of it i i wouldn't watch it i i think i'd say one and a half machine guns yeah i'm pretty there with you um but you're right it's so weird because like I think Richard E. Grant is great in this. 
And even Sandra Bernhardt, I think, is great in it. Like, they play such over-the-top villains mm-hmm. in just the right way. Um, Bruce Willis is fine in this. Danielle is great in this. <laughs> he's fine. No, Bruce Willis, he's good in it. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's, he's good in this. And Danielle is great in this. Um, I don't get the whole candy bar crew. Like, <laughs> I don't get it. I think the plot is needlessly complicated when it doesn't have to be with the whole double crossing and who's working for who and all that stuff. Um, But you're right. Like this movie's just weird. Like, I don't really know how to describe it other than to say it's a strange movie. And I guess maybe, maybe watch it once, but don't go into it expecting to enjoy it, I guess. You know what? I, I, before I know you're going to see your rating here, but I'm going to I'm going to support you on that. I think if you haven't seen it, you have to watch it to really understand what we're trying to, to really describe. appreciate it. Yeah, to really appreciate what we're talking about, you really have to see it, and it's okay to watch it and not like it. Like, you know, not that I'm telling yeah. you how to have your opinion, but no, but I, I agree. Like, we're not saying like watch it because you're going to like it. We're just being like watch it because you, it, you need to see it because it's a spectacle. I, I, and I feel like. I feel like if you're listening to this and you're like, man, they seem to be having a lot of trouble like describing <laughs> yes, this movie. Yes. And it's not because we're old men who forgot the movie. It's just because it's very weird and hard to describe. And it's not just like A to B to C to D to try and describe what's going on in it. Yeah, there's there's so much going on. And it, yeah, you really just need to. So I'll say this. I'm gonna, my rating is going to be a, a, a one and a half machine guns, but it's a strongly recommend to watch it once. It's. This is such a weird review. Uh, like, <laughs> it's not a good movie, but everyone I think should see it. You know what I mean? Just because it's so weird. Yeah, no, I, I completely. And I'm sorry, did you say your machine gun rating? In there? One and a half. I agree with One you. One and a half. Okay. Yeah, and I agree too, because it's like, if you haven't seen it, you're, you're not going to like it if you watch it. You Probably, might. I mean, you like, might. Yeah, we can't tell you might, but like, if you haven't seen it, you should watch it just solely because it is such this, like, undescribable train wreck of a weird kind of like i can't say that it's so bad that it's good it's not no you can't hate watch this and enjoy it but it's definitely something you should watch just to kind of try and figure out why it's kind of confounding us so much because it's like i feel like we could have talked for two hours about this movie or we could have talked for like 15 minutes like it's just like it's it's very like I said, confounding is the word I'll use for it because it like it, it makes zero sense, basically. <laughs> yeah, because we could go in, like if we really wanted to, we could deep dive this and talk about each individual choice and how weird each individual choice is in this movie. Like, yeah. But at the same time, we could completely gloss over them and not even mention them and it wouldn't matter. Right. Like it's such a... Yes. All right. So to wrap up, one and a half machine guns. Everyone should see it. Don't expect to like it. Right. And I would. This is one of those ones. I know we throw that out there, but like when people listen to this episode, if you if you're on the Discord or on our social media, it's like, and this is a movie. Like, are you like us? Do you remember watching this back? And then, then like you haven't seen it in a while, or is this something you've seen recently? And you can be like, hey, this is why I like it. I. This is one of those movies where people that have seen it, I'd like to kind of get their feedback on it because it it, it was not what I. Like I said, I remember I knew that going into it, I was like, well, this isn't a good movie. But I, I, I did not remember. <laughs> like, it was just like it so went far beyond that. It's yeah. just like 
It's so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Okay. All right. We're good. I think we've I think we've covered it. It's a weird yeah, movie. You just need to see weird. it. It's weird. Yeah. Um well, I, I you know, go to gamezillamedia.com, click on the Discord link and tell us how weird you think the movie is too or how <laughs> how not weird you think the movie is, but I don't think we're going to get very many of those. Maybe you think we're weird for not liking it. Maybe. Maybe. That could Maybe. certainly be the case. Um <laughs> You can check us out also Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and we're also everywhere podcasts are available. Uh, we're out every Monday. Um, and then we're definitely available on GameZillaMedia.com. That's kind of our hub where all of our uh, all of our stuff kind of happens. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, look, I don't know what else to say about this movie. <laughs> I got nothing else at this yeah, point. Yeah, this is, this is a very, like I said, you sometimes at the end of episodes are defeated. I think we're just very confused. We're just very confused. Yeah. It's late. It's late. All right. <laughs> this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back.